You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. Today's episode is going to be the coaches on the couch from last week, where Coach Philip spoke about reflecting on the race. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Coaches on the Couch. Uh, I'm here today on my own, unfortunately, uh, to do this. The other coaches were otherwise preoccupied, and uh, I will be, hopefully, uh, discussing um, the things around reflecting on a race and uh, what you can take away from a race, race file, an event, whatever it might be, uh, and then hopefully learn, learn from and, and take forwards, because ultimately what we're trying to do is get better each time. Uh, I guess this is especially pertinent, um, given that we've just had uh, eventually, finally, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. And uh, a year later, we finally got to see and crown a new Olympic champion uh, in the men's event and also a new one in the women's event, too. So, you know, great opportunity to have a look through the social media channels of the professional athletes who were actually there at the Olympic Games and see how they responded to uh, their race they may have had a fantastic race and clearly they won or they did exactly what they were trying to do or alternatively um, they uh, they may be looking into um, kind of what what went what what went wrong how could they <coughs> excuse me how how did they manage to fail um, to achieve what they were trying to do what happened when they may have thought they were on the on the mark or maybe not so um We'll look into uh, into a few different points, but first of all, let's let's start at the very beginning and think about where does uh, both a race and then um, the kind of that reflection on the event sit in the overall um, part of um, a training cycle and lead a, a race um, race cycle too. So, if you if you think about the training process, uh, keeping it very simple, there's a planning phase, there's a doing phase, there's a review phase which then feeds back into the planning phase. So it's all very well to go away and do an event, um, a local triathlon, biggest race of the season, Olympic games, whatever it might be, you go and do that event, that's fine. Um, but in order to complete that circle, uh, you need to review it because by reviewing it, you're gonna find out what you've done, how you've done it, and maybe where there are opportunities to improve as well. And that will feed naturally into your plan so the common conversation we might see uh, with a new athlete coming on board to us might be hey look you know i've i've done this race i did a 245 olympic distance and i and i really want to try and improve my times uh, i feel like i'm i need to improve my biking so they've kind of done in their own time they've actually done a um, a reflection piece and uh, and looked into what they felt they could improve on uh, and then they've come to the coach and said I want to improve my biking, and now let's build a plan around um, around that to improve improve the cycle event uh, and try and get better there as well. So it's it's a good opportunity to um, to sort of recognise where this fits in because that's true for training cycle. So you do a training session, how did the training session go? That might impact how you do it before the next time you go around to that same session. It might impact a block of training, a week, or a block of training like a month, or even a whole season. Um, so that plan, do, review cycle is a really important one and kind of takes part of a big part of 
training really and, and, and that opportunity to strive for continual development and improvement so looking into the um the plan do review process that review section is critical and that's where it sits in it so the first thing and i've started seeing some more races coming through i've started seeing some more athletes doing some performances and it's a really good opportunity now to have a look and see well hang on how did you do and you're going to get a couple of different answers really when you have a an athlete um, racing and as a coach it's one of those really good fun times um you sit there and you look at your uh, your race files on monday morning and uh, you have a look and see what's happened and inevitably there'll be an athlete who doesn't say anything at all there'll be an athlete who just going to lose the file and says you know that's it that's what I've done uh, so you have to go and find out what's happened um, there'll be the athlete who gives a really long description about how things went um, and generally speaking um, they'll have a positive or a negative slant on it and then there'll be the athlete who just thinks they nailed it and so we're looking at those sort of three areas. The first thing that you want to try and do as an athlete, even if you're the person who's just uploading a file, is you need to start thinking about how, how the event went and then dislocating the subjective viewpoints on it and putting them into measurable or objective um, things that we can start considering and trying to look into how we can improve it. So if you look at the... Um, kind of any any event the um the first thing you'll have is a kind of a feeling of how things went and that'll be either something which went through the events as you're going through you might be thinking about things um or it might be something which you're considering kind of towards the end of it but the first thing um you need to look at into into it is well what actually happened so we can start breaking things down can't we so hey you know i i did the swim i did the bike i did the run and what actually happened in that whole process? Well, I, you know, swam, felt really good and swim, came out of the water, fumbled a bit through transition, jumped onto the bike, had a puncture, carried on though, got to the run. Um, and because I'd pushed quite hard, the puncture ended up really having to push through the, uh, uh, the whole of the run, uh, the kind of the bike section, which then impacted the run a little bit. For example, you've started to identify what actually happened, but let's rewind it a bit further again. What, what did you do in the lead up to that event? So what happened the last night? How did you sleep? What were your arousal levels on the, uh, when on waking? Were you ready to go? Were you hydrated? What were you eating and fueling? Um, especially when you start looking into long course or you could, if you had any sort of GI distress and any sort of distance racing, thinking about what you had in the last 24, 72 hours in terms of food is a really helpful bit of information to look into. And then go back to that last week. You know, what did the training look like going into the race? What did work look like? going to the race what did life look like going into that race that final week um you know helps give a really good a bit of indication about how things um were going so you're starting to build a picture of what actually happened so not kind of what you felt um but what actually happened and you want to try and do that as, as quickly as possible because um that gives you the best chance to remember it accurately uh, when you look at some athletes racing long course one of the common areas that um, you kind of have to look at really uh, in terms of performance is nutrition um, people will either say nailed my nutrition well actually if you nailed it you want to find out what you did and make sure you can repeat it because that's kind of good um, you also want to then find out if things didn't quite go to plan the nutrition front but if you do it as soon as you've finished almost so i know two gels an hour on the run however many bars on the bike or drinks or whatever you had that's really useful information and it starts to build a picture of what actually happened 
the other side of things and the reason we need to look about what actually happened versus what um, maybe you feel or thought happened um, is that athletes tend to look um, at their most recent performances either right most recent performances and then feel that they can always do better I don't think I've ever had an athlete come to me and tell me that there was no way that they could improve what they did but they also kind of like to compare previous events usually with that slightly pink colored lenses says oh, I, I felt so much better at that event and what you want to try and do now is build up that picture to demonstrate to yourself as an athlete or to the coach kind of what state you were in each time because it can be quite often that an athlete says, oh I know I could have given more at the end of that race but that's three or four days later but if you take a reflection snapshot there and then could you have done any harder the answer is probably not and if you didn't if you could sorry then why didn't you really uh, and so looking into that um that big picture um side of things um and, and trying to understand what happened how are you feeling but in an objective way uh allows you then to compare race results in previous times and start to see a pattern so i had a conversation with an athlete recently and pretty much every single race they finished they felt that they they sort of left something out there and that they hadn't really done a good job and the conversation we had was well that's what you're saying every single time so either you are leaving something out there we need to have a conversation about why what it is that you feel that you're leaving out and understanding it or you're not this is just your default feeling and if it's your default feeling we want to try and have a conversation around that default feeling just kind of make that a little bit more positive around how you're doing so having that ability to recognize what you've done and how you feel uh, putting it into a sort of an objective box so you know and can compare like for like rather than Oh, I felt awesome the last race I did. Well, actually, if you look at the notes, the exact same things that you're saying here are exactly the same things as what you said there. So it's, this, it's the same. It is the same thing that we're seeing right here. If you, for example, keep on having GI distress and every single night you're going out and having a chilly um, meal the, the night before, then you know maybe there's a correlation to that and you might look at changing things. Um, so it just gives you a little bit more information if you can start looking into that. And then when you start looking into into that kind of big package the race uh, if you like the bit before and everything else which is going on we wanted to then start looking into a little bit more of the detail and this is where if you're someone who's not really numbers orientated then this might be an area that you kind of miss quite quickly and if you're very numbers orientated this might be the area which you spend too much of your time going into it but whatever way you look at the numbers part so what you actually did and how you did it and that's a key difference. Um, you need to be able to, to look at it in enough detail to get some feedback and information out of it, but not so much detail that it ends up being, um, as it gets lost uh, in sort of the big picture and what you're actually trying to achieve. So if you're looking into the, the detail part of it, um, you can have a look at, I'll come, I'll, I'm going to actually discuss swimming separately in, in the next phase, but um, cycling and uh, running you're going to get a lot more um, information out of it um, so you'll have information if you're using power heart rate speed time uh, you'll even get uh, temperature nowadays you can start looking into gear selections um, all sorts of really really useful interesting stuff or very very 
huge amounts of data and detail, which may be a little bit sort of too distracting for the big picture side of things. So a few things I tend to try and look at and encourage athletes to look at kind of straight off the bat is sort of say, right, okay, look at your file. You've got the nice pretty graphs in training peaks. You can kind of see what's happening. Let's start breaking things down. If, you, if you're on the race course, you can press lap every time you go into the laps. That's very useful. So if you're in a four-loop course, lap every time you go around the lap start time, you're then going to have nice little chunks in your data set to be able to actually look at and compare it. You can then just sort of click them all and have a look very quickly and sort of see, okay, well, what was your average power? What was your normalized power? What was your um, variability index, which is a kind of a combination of those two, and it looks to see how much essentially you were surging, which for a um, non-drafting event, time trial style, that's actually a really important bit of information. That gives us an insight into how you were riding that ride. Uh, you know, you may have had an average power of bang on the target, but if you did that by pushing like crazy and then recovering and then pushing like crazy and then recovering, you and I both know that if, uh, if we do an interval session, our legs are going to feel it a lot more than if we just do a steady state ride. So look into the, uh, the detail um, based on a lap. So as I said, normalized average power, good cadence. What happened? You know, did, did you keep your cadence the same through each of those laps or did it generally fade out towards the end? How much fade was it as a percentage? Is that acceptable? Is that kind of different? Is there um, a difference in that power as well? Was that power dropping off? Was there a change in speed? Now you might be able to account for that. So you can't just use the data itself because you don't know necessarily what happened. So a really good example of that could be it tipped it down on the third lap. And so you got cold or you couldn't then attack on the bike on the descent because it was a slippery, treacherous descent. You may have had a puncture or perhaps um, it got really windy. And so that loop, which was a lovely kind of out and back, actually on that back section where you were looking forward to a nice kind of solid effort going back into town, suddenly there was a huge headwind and that wasn't there for the first lap and the second lap. And that third lap, it caught you just because the wind picked up and through the day. So these little bits of context are really useful to give. And that's the sort of comments and additional bits of information which gives the data meaning and kind of explains things a little bit more. But those kind of key things looking into that, um, how, the, uh, how your powers are changing through each of the laps, or if you don't have laps, you know, halfway through, so 90 for a 180 kilometre Ironman bike leg or 20 if you're doing a standard distance or 10, you know, have a look and see how, how that changes. Um, and then have a look and see what the trends look like. You know, do, is, does the power hit there and just sort of hold the same sort of amount the whole way? If you're looking at running, for example, does the running pace just sit there and just hold? What happens if you've got heart rate in there as well? Does that kind of creep up or does that creep down? Uh, both of those things may happen and give an insight into different things around uh, the physiology, what, physiologically, sorry, what's happening. Um, you know, if, if your heart rate stays the same, but your speed's dropping off from the run, then potentially that's a sign that, you know, you're losing, that's a fitness-based conversation that you need to have towards the end or a fueling-based one. Um, so looking into those trends of what's happening over time, and you can either use that as a lap thing and sort of see, well, you know, I hit 170 beats per minute in the first lap and then kind of on the second lap it was 167 then it was 160 and then it was 154 i was fading throughout the whole thing or it might be that you're looking into um the data and you kind of have a look at it and you see the line just dropping down or the line increasing and and that's sometimes the easiest done if you make it quite smooth so you kind of get rid of all the jaggedness so that's very useful to see how how you rode but if you're just looking at the big picture side of things just get rid of that and uh, smooth it all down kind of flatten the curve a little bit and then you can start seeing what those trends line kind of uh, like for like.
another really good thing to look at is especially for running is you know where where did you pause so i remember looking at a file for a for an athlete um a good runner and they they'd run about a 320 something three i think 328 327 marathon um off a bike and you looked at the data you're like hey buddy if you if you didn't if you didn't sort of walk through those a stations in the second half you would have gone about 25 minutes faster 25 minutes faster by just not slowing down but if you'd looked at that without the data and not really had a thought about that you might have been having a conversation around oh, I need to get faster at my run because my run time is a bit slow or I need to get faster on the bike because the bike was a bit kind of off and that meant I had to walk on the run or something. But you're starting to give information and detail and picture to what actually happened and you're starting to put numbers on it. 25 minutes over an Ironman distance run is huge and that would have been a huge, huge difference in position. But that was just by looking at what happened and when they were slowing down and what they could have done differently. So you start to look into those detailed things as i said the kind of lapping the efforts if you're on the run press lap it really helps to look into into what happened afterwards um it's a really useful measure of how it happened another really kind of important thing to think about is if you're someone who races on power all the time you might have a situation where your power meter dies it happens to all of us you need to have a feel for what that effort feels like um you know heart rate can be a little bit dis um i guess you should Consider disregarding heart rate because adrenaline excitement can just move that heart rate around from what your normal zones might be. And it's not as useful um, in a racing environment. It's still a measure, though. So if you've got nothing else. It's going to work. Um, but take it with a bit of pinch of salt. But if you if you lose that ability to measure what you're doing, then you need to be able to do it off feel. And we know that feel, RPE, rate of epistemic exertion, will change with time. So if I get you both to, you know, if I get two, two runners, sorry, set out running, and they're going to hold, I don't know, five and a half minutes per kilometer, and they're going to go for a marathon. Five and a half minutes per kilometer, depending on who you are, might feel really quite easy for the first two or three kilometers. But ask it another 40 kilometers time, that five minute 30 might actually be quite hard to hold. So that rate of perceived exertion, how hard it feels, will change with the race. But again, that's a really, really important metric as to why things started getting a bit harder. Uh, running power also gives an insight into potentially you know, where energy is wasted from a biomechanical perspective um, by looking into kind of the relationship between power and speed. But we're, we're trying with all of this stuff to have an idea of maybe what happened and adding that into your experiences on race day. So we start seeing these pictures. We start understanding what's happening. The two key questions and essentially list gathering or brainstorming that we're going to be looking into doing now is what went well what would you do again you know take take an event take whatever it was you know something i really enjoyed my warm-up that warm-up made me hit the start line and i felt awesome we want to do that again so again write it down nutrition strategy we mentioned if it went well and it worked write it down as something you either want to do again or try and see if we enhance and make better again trying to optimize that a little bit better so www what went well i sometimes ask people the same sort of question but what would you do again what would you if you had your time again what would you what would you do the same time over the next question is looking into that improvement side of things so what would have been even better if you'd done it this way if you'd done that so it would have been even better if i paced that early part of the bike 
it would have been even better if I'd been aware of the fact that the swimming pack was breaking up and I should stay with it and go with them forwards. It would have been even better if I'd sighted properly and gone to the right boy. It would have been even better if. So those sort of questions asking, are asking the same sort of things, but on the other side of the coin. What would you do differently if you had your time the same day again to shine and prove? And that question is where the good stuff happens. That's a really, really good thing. So you, ideally, you have a big, long list of things which go in there as well. The last question, which I also add in as a kind of, as a kind of follow-up, is that is, okay, fine. So you know what you could have done well. You know what you could have done a bit better. How could you have been 1% faster in, all, in any area that you were doing? So what would make you 1% faster in your, in your day? So that might be things like changing to elastic laces or uh, looking into holding my aerodynamic position for a longer time. It would have been little things like that. There might be some physics-based mechanics things you might do, get my tires to the right temperature, clean my bike, put oil on it, whatever it might be. Or it might be something a little bit more um, uh, useful in terms of your movements and biomechanics. So do a proper warm-up or thinking about pacing and things like that. So if you can put in uh, where possible, that kind of those three questions but definitely those first two what went well and what could have been even better if or kind of how would you improve your day um you can't with those questions you're not trying to take oh if i was able to run three minutes per kilometer then that's you know i mean i would have been better if i could run three minutes per kilometer obviously that might be the case but the question is on that given day what would you have been able to do to gain an edge to gain a bit of leverage on you on that day and then a better performance because that's what you can actually action and control and that kind of leads us right quite nicely into kind of this is a question which goes beyond time. So we're not necessarily looking into the, oh, well, you know, I would be better if I ran faster. If I, it would have been a better result if I was five minutes faster. It's important to know where you want to be or where those time savings could add up to. So you on a different, better version of your day, even better if. May, may have been able to go seven and a half minutes faster. And here's how you would have done that. There's a list of even better ifs or what would I do to improve? And um, those, those sort of, that list, the 1% or whatever it is, that's you on a better day. So that, those are things which are in, under your control completely. Those are things which you can, there's no reason why you can't do them. Um, you know, it's just doing a few different tweaks and stuff. It's not extra training. It's not changing anything drastically. It's just you at your best on that given day so have a look at those um have a look at look at that list and it goes way beyond time that's seven and a half minutes but seven and a half minutes might be the difference between first and eighth um definitely in the competitive races there can be a huge huge drop off in just a few handful of seconds so the first thing about time is you've got to think about it beyond what kind of you see and that's where i want to talk about swimming a little bit because swimming open water swimming pool-based swimming is slightly different, but swimming definitely um, can really confuse athletes. An open water course is almost certainly not going to be the same as what the race organiser says and what your Garmin says or your Polar or other watches do exist. It will be different. No matter how you try and package it, it will be different. I've never heard a swimmer complain about the fact that they ran, uh, that they kind of swam a shorter course. It's, oh, it's great. It's only 1,400 metres. They will talk about their, their 1500 meter time, which they broke uh, I don't know, 20 minutes in or whatever it might have been. So the first point is there's no way you're not going to agree with or talk about 
that um, that time that you're capable of doing um, in the open water if it's faster. If it's a longer swim, you're going to start complaining about it. So first point is don't complain about it. It doesn't really matter. Everyone has to do the same course. What's more useful to start thinking about in terms of open water swimming is what were the conditions like? Uh, what was your sighting like? What were the groups like? Again, with open water swimming, okay, COVID times aside, if you're in a mass start, your pace is almost dictated more by the group that you end up swimming in than what your actual ability is. Because it makes a lot more sense to sit in the back of a pack, not doing a huge amount of work and getting towed along a little bit slower than what you could swim on your own, than pushing out on your own, doing all the hard work and only getting in a handful of seconds ahead of that group that you could have saved a lot of energy in. So um, the swimming time that you do the course in it doesn't really have much bearing on your performance. It's more your tactics and your strategy around the swim, which is going to see how you're going to improve. So should you maybe lined up on the left and on the right? What was your sighting like? Did you get the wrong feet? Was you, were you able to draft effectively? Those sort of questions are more useful. So you want to look beyond time. Also, the problem with time um, that I've seen with athletes is that um, almost the time that they do dictates whether or not they've had a successful race and that's really sad um you know you come out of the waters oh, i wanted to break one hour 30 for an ironman swim i wanted to break 25 minutes for a standard distance swim they come out and they see 25 30 they see one hour 30 minutes and two or let's just say seven seconds they didn't break 130 that in racing format could end up dictating how you perceive the rest of the race Certainly when you come off the bike, you might come in and say, oh man, I was hoping to try and do the 20 kilometers in less than 45 minutes. Oh, man, I haven't, I've done it in 50. I'm never going to do the time that I wanted. You don't have enough information within the race course itself. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't have enough information within the race course itself to be able to make an informed decision about whether or not that is a good time or a bad time. So time doesn't really matter. Yes, how you perform does. Yes, you want to try and be improving each time that you do a race and so ultimately you're looking at racing other people as well as yourself. And so time does have a part and it's a very important part because that's how races are won or lost first across the line, time trial style. However, it shouldn't be something that dictates you within the race because you need to only focus on what you can do um, and nothing more. And the same thing at the finish line. You, know, you get to the finish line, you look up at the banner and you see the time that you finished the race in. That could really, really put you off and change your tone of how you feel. If you see the time, you're like, wow, I got a new PB, you're going to be over the moon. So you immediately see how time makes a difference to how you feel. Whereas if you look at it and you see a time which wasn't what you were hoping for or expecting, and there's a question mark on expectation management and realism, but that's probably for a psychology-based conversation. But if you look at the time and... Uh, you can think, oh, man, I didn't perform to the level that I was wanting to, I was hoping to. That um, could inform the all the rest of the kind of questions and the information that you have about what you feel you could have done better. This was rubbish. You know, I, I can't believe I wasted a Sunday morning by doing this event. Whereas actually, a bit of context might start realising that the run was actually slightly long. So it was a swim. The conditions were terrible. So your time was actually first across the line. That sounds a lot better, but it may not have been what you necessarily wanted to do. So time needs to be given with a bit of context. And that's where looking into the performances of other people can actually help 
allow for some of those external factors. And if we go back to swimming and open water swimming, that's a great way of looking into how your performance is. Um, I, I tend to look into swimmers, their gender position and also their overall position. Sometimes their age group as well, if it's a big enough race, because um, it, it gives a bit more context. So if you're a swimmer who, by the large, swims mid-pack swimmer 50% of the field, and suddenly you have a swimming performance, which is actually in the top third, well, that's an improvement on your swim, even if you swam slower, because you've either improved your skills or you've improved your swimming speed. It was just a really hard day. Um, and so you've moved up in the field. And if you can do like for likes, and if you're racing uh, the British Championships, for example, that's going to be a fairly consistent field uh, in terms of their ability time and time again. This year or last year, even with COVID, may have impacted things a little bit more. But ultimately, that position could give you a really good insight into how your performance was. So you might swim a fantastic race. You know, you just go in there and you've, you know, you smashed the time that you were hoping to do. But if you're now in the back third um, that you're wanting to, is it actually an improved swim? Or did you have a bad day when everyone else was swimming in good conditions and you, you actually missed something there? So giving the position gives a little bit more context. When you start looking at the sharp end, though, position starts giving probably more of the focus. I remember having athletes who, you know, looking to try and do this time and qualify for Kona or qualify for events here, and they didn't get that qualification slot. Sometimes when you look at other people, you realize that they just had a really good day. And looking through some of the comments on the Olympic um, athletes, uh, Instagram and social media accounts, um, you know, a lot of the time, the ones who didn't quite perform, um, you know, they were going there and most of the people go there and they're expecting or hoping to have some sort of medal experience. They, they've got an idea of what they want to get out. It may be in the hope rather than expect kind of that category, but still they, they're going there with expectations. And um, if you look at some of their accounts, they're talking about, well, I didn't perform. Someone else was better. The other person who was there and turned up, they were the better athlete and they deserved to win. And because they win, they did. So those athletes are looking at and, and how their their winnings are based on, it's all on position, but they're not fixed on it. Yes, they want to try and win the race. That's why they're going to certain events. Yes, you may want to be top five, top 10, qualify, whatever that time actually looks at being. But it has your reflection on the race, <coughs> excuse me, your reflection on the race has to be beyond what you look at in terms of the position that you came in because you do not know if someone rocked up and had an absolute standout day and um, you've got to get the context of it again it goes back to that context of the race and the only way you're going to get that context is by looking at what you did understanding what you did relative to other people putting yourself in that position so normally you know i normally swim top 50 you know middle middle pack halfway through the thing i normally have a bike which puts me in the top third and my run is usually something which lets me down and it's in the, in the bottom 10% of the field. Well, actually, you can now start changing um, the, um, the kind of the review part of the, uh, um, the thing to allow for the position and everything else. David, I've just seen your message, David. I will come back to you in a second. Um, so you look into that kind of context of time and also uh, position and have a better feeling then for how, um, how your performance was. So you have to go beyond the detail, beyond the people and beyond the time that you end up doing. And that context gives you a really clear picture. And from that picture, we can start making informed, which is critical, informed decisions about how 
you're going to change things. Because if you come out of the water in you know, five minutes behind the time you want to, you may then spend the next block of your training focusing on swimming. And actually, that was the wrong area. The reason you didn't win the race wasn't because your swim was five minutes slower, because actually positionally it was much better and you moved yourself up through the field. It was because you didn't get your transitions right. So you spend the next four months in the pool, five sessions a week, smashing yourself, and you're not going to get those five minutes back. You might get an improvement, but actually the focal point should have been your transition. So looking into the big picture is really, really important. Um, so David uh, just asked, he played up the whole question. Um, for the run section of the review, how do you analyze the performance against a target if your pace is slower than planned, but heart rate is in the right ballpark? Could this indicate that you went too hard on the bike and now showing signs of fatigue? Should you look at other factors like elevation, heat, etc.? So that's a really good question. And that brings in a lot of different points. The first one, which I'm going to recognize is target pace. So if your target pace and your target heart rate um, are in the right ballpark um, prior to starting, then the question you're really asking there, um, if, sorry, if you, if you, if you've got the, the pay, target pace there and you're not quite hitting the target pace, um, the first question you have to ask is, was that target pace realistic? And you mentioned there, should you look at other factors like elevation, heat, etc.? And the answer to that is, yes, you should. So when you're setting those targets, you do need to consider, okay, well, um, you know, what's, the, what's that difference? So elevation, um, if you're looking at altitude in terms of elevation, uh, especially on the bike but and the run as well, there will be a drop-off in percentage of power, i.e. work that you can do. Um, and so your target power pace equivalent will need to be done based on altitude adjustments if you're acclimatized or if you're un um, unacclimatized. Um, but yeah, if you're looking at your um, classically, David, I know you're a coached athlete, but you know, you're doing your, your VDOT event, um, you're doing a 5K test, park run, relatively flat, on good surface, and you get a great time on there. And you're like, okay, great, you know, I can run 25 minutes for my 5K park run. Um, you need to do like for like, because a 5K park run, unless it's done off the bike, isn't going to give you an accurate time base that you're going to be able to do a run on. So you're better off doing a comparison between um, like for like. So the first question, or the first answer to that question, David, is was the target appropriate? The second question is, how do you get to that target? So if you... If you are looking at that target and you're saying, okay, well, this is what I want to try and get to, was that target based on what you can run off the bike? Was that target based on a like-for-like, i.e. surface, as you mentioned, elevation, so course profile, um, heat potentially as well? Was that roundabout where you were expecting? Um, once you know that the target was accurate, the question then has to be is, well, if that was a target, and if your biking was on the kind of the money for what you were expecting as well, then what happened? And that's starting to get into that, that can be answers to why you put into the detail. So um, if you do have a you know, heart rate up there, I wouldn't I use heart rate as a guide rather than a um, sort of a way of actually looking into um, the race file. So what does the trend look like for both that heart rate and the run uh, pace? Uh, you know, where you're hitting the pace and it fading off. Um, you hit the pace, the heart rate shot up and then it had to drop back down again into something more manageable. Um, so it, it could be a whole host of different things in terms of how you got to the point where your heart rate's on kind of zone target, but your pace isn't. So um, it, it's looking at exactly how that happened and what the trend looks like as well. Um, but quite often, 
running poorly off the bike um, could well be down to just generally have you actually done enough of the training to really put in the performance that you're wanting to smash all the way through for that run because it's quite hard to run really hard off the bike um, and if it is if you're planning for that slight fade um, you know have you put in the um, the kind of the runs off the bike to make sure you're grooving that first kind of kilometer two three kilometers to make sure you're not going out too fast are you allowing your body to adapt into the run um, because that can kind of throw things off and next one is have you actually fueled properly you know, what was your nutrition going in through the the swim and the bike because if you get to that run slow um so run and you're starting to slow down but you don't have enough fuel in that tank then you are your work rate your heart rate is going to indicate that you're working really hard if your pace is a bit lower than what you're expecting um it could well be the fact that you actually um you know you, you don't have um enough fuel in, you, in your tank to be able to get to the finish line um and at the same time if you don't have enough fuel in the tank to go to the finish line you might start picking that up in the tail end of the bike so i'd be looking into kind of was that bike executed well was the laps on the bike you know was the power really 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 consistent each time was the heart rate consistent each time in there as well because that would give an indication potentially to any form of dehydration um and um looking at the pace as well with considerations for environmental factors but yeah you, you're starting to to ask the right questions david with with that is that okay well i i had a look at the file these things were in the right place. These things were in the wrong place. What does it mean? And obviously now I'm speculating. I don't have the file in front of me and I don't have what happened in the race and I don't have any of the other information you mentioned like breakfast and the week's training beforehand. Or how much fatigue did you carry into the event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of other questions that you want to start asking. But the fact that you're starting to look into them and you're putting it into an objective manner, you're starting to say, okay, well, the real problem that we're trying to solve here is not... I want to kind of look into running faster off the bike. That's ultimately what you want to do. But why is it that my heart rate was at the right part and my pace was off the pace, which I was hoping for said heart rate? What do I, you know, what, what happened? Is there any indication there in terms of how I can, uh, how I can improve that? So hopefully David, that answers your question. Um, but uh, definitely one to, to dive into a bit more uh, and have a look into the kind of the wider context i think the first place i would look at would be was that target as a coach i set the target potentially maybe I mean, the, the athlete says i want to break 11 hours but you know the coach and the athlete have that conversation and we've, we've decided this is the target pace uh for the marathon um why did we come to that target pace and was that realistic and if it if it was and there's a reason behind it then why weren't you able to hold it or why was it so much harder to hold it in order to get to the uh, to get the heart rate so high, but the pace wasn't able to get to it? So there's some follow up questions there into it, and you're starting now to look in the right direction in terms of a race reflection review to see what you can then take away from this and plug back into your next attempt at whatever race distance you're going to go away and do to try and improve it next time. So you're holding those kind of what went wells really kind of firm. We're going to double down on those. We're going to do those again, and then we're going to bring in the stuff which we know we could have done better on we know how and why or where we could have done them better and, and what the method is to improve those things. So we're going to put them in as well. And then there might be some training effect in there on top of that as well. So yeah, hopefully that answers things. So if it doesn't, then just ping over a message and I'm sure um, we can, we can continue uh, that kind of conversation later. Um, but yeah, that, that really is a great, thank you. A uh, great way of summarizing kind of the direction you want to take that race review into. It's actually quite a timely, timely, time. Um, exhausting thing you know 
this is something which you should spend some time over, especially for the critical races. You look at your B races, um, uh, you look at the C races, um, and you know there'll be key things you're trying to work on. Let's just say it's transitions. Okay, I go into this local uh, local event for me, and go in there and go smash the bike. I really want to do as hard a bike as possible to see what my run is. I'm going to go into this race because it's a practice race. I'm going to see how quick I can make my transitions. I don't care how the bike and the run goes. Um, but it starts to ask some questions uh, around training and what you're trying to get out of that training block and putting it into practice for that event. So every race you do should have a process of planning for it, doing it, and then how close to the mark did you do? And there's a really good expression, which I um, uh, love you. Welcome, David, um, uh, which I really love in in performance um, sport because it is really, really true. But if you can get it right, then you can do a bit of both, which is if you're not winning or if you are winning, you're celebrating. And if you're not winning, you're learning. And that's really, really important because yes, you can get downheartened and kind of say, oh, well, you know, I didn't do the performance I was hoping for. And you know something, it's okay to get upset. If you were really wanting to do something and you did everything you could and it wasn't quite good enough, then you know, that is exactly why we do sport. If you knew you were going to do it, then why bother doing all the training in the first place? That kind of is, is part of the fun. Um, so if you're going out there and you execute it really well, it's very easy to get into a full sense of security and not pick up on what could have been done a bit better. And if you miss that opportunity to see what could be done a bit better, the person who you beat the last time is going to come forwards take on their learning experiences they'll be devastated by getting a silver medal or devastated by not making that um kind of top 10 or whatever it was that they wanted to do they haven't rested in their laurels they've taken away from defeat if you like the chance to learn from it the opportunity to see where they can improve and by doing all those things they've put it into practice they've created a new training plan based on that reflection and review process they've then put a plan into it they've then actioned that they're going to start um, making themselves faster and better and as a result, they will come around to the next cycle, next time they have a chance to beat you, and you will be beaten because you haven't necessarily learned. So don't be someone who's winning and not learning. If you're winning, then that's great. Congratulations, but you can still get faster. Again, look at Chrissy Wellington, broke the world record, broke, kind of smashed it at Kona, knew that she could have done faster, kind of kept on looking for the next edge. Um, and that's sort of the approach that you want to take with your own performances. Every single time you kind of get into the point where how can I get faster? Um, you know, what can I do to get a little bit more out of this? If you keep on asking that question, you will get faster and you keep on enjoying the sport and that will definitely be something to keep you in it for, for many years to come. So thank you very much, everyone, for, uh, for listening in. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much there as well too. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Topic. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye. The Believe, Strive, Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.